Welcome to Hero Hoopla. Hoopla! The unofficial podcast of saving the galaxy. Ooh, now that's a new take. We're here this week to talk about the newest movie in the MCU, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. What an incredible movie. Even before we start to introduce my wonderful friends here, I'm just going to say, great movie. One of the best MCU movies we've had in a long time. And here to talk about all the fun and exciting things that happened in this movie, we have the comic book expert himself, Andy Smith, joining me on the pod. Andy Smith here, connoisseur of many nerdy things, Star Wars, DC, Lord of the Rings, and Marvel Cinematic Universe. I loved Guardians of the Galaxy 3. And I'm going to make some bold claims here. Guardians of the Galaxy may be my favorite trilogy in the MCU. Wow. That's oh, pretty that's, bold. I don't, I don't know if that's bold as, as just Just that. true? <laughs> yeah. Is that just yeah. true? Okay. Yeah. That, that, yeah. yeah. That might be. We'll that get into be, that. I might yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into in. it. We'll dive in. And who's going to help us get into it? None other than the superhero historian himself, Chris Pio. C3 Pio here, although that doesn't really work for not doing Star Wars. What's up, guys? <laughs> back in the MCU here, back in a, a galaxy where guardians need to guard. And boy, do they do it here. Just clinical guardians movie. Just wonderful top to bottom. Can't wait to talk about it with you. And look at this. We've got a fourth member of the Hoopla Krupla sneaking his way into the podcast recording studio. It's <laughs> our very own very good dog, Jake Lacks. Let you back inside. <laughs> I am a good boy. <laughs> Jake Lacks, your lover of all things TV and movies. Wow. Um, outstanding film. Well done, James Gunn. And I'm, I'm going to say, I, you may take what you want away from this film. Congratulations to the DCEU in establishing James Gunn yes. as your, your as your show front runner. Save us, James Gunn. Wow. J- save I us mean, from I- the Snyderverse. <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> save us from I'm, the, I'm Snyderverse. the Snyderverse. Snyderverse uh, fans don't go after me on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> please, please let him be. But if you do want to go after him on Twitter, you can also go after the podcast on Twitter with comments <laughs> and, you know, compliments. Also, Chris... Where can they find us online? I mean, I don't want them going after us. I do. But I suppose if you have a take and you'd like to direct it directly at Andy, uh, you can find us at Hoopla Podcast, both Twitter and Instagram. And now on TikTok, you can find us for a little behind the scenes content, maybe some clips from the pod. So if you have a take or you'd like to interact with us, please do find us at Hoopla Podcast, Twitter, Instagram, and now TikTok. If you would like to also direct any negative comments, you can send those to at Dr. Space Wizard on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's DR underscore to... <laughs> Space Wizard. Otherwise, you're just going to be insulting some random guy. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also fine. We, we stand <laughs> by yeah. that. That's typically what happens on Twitter. We encourage yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. We're contributing to the you community. Can... Hit me with whatever insults you got. And yeah, we'd love to hear some feedback on the show. So whatever podcast app you guys are listening to, you can go ahead, leave us a review, leave us a rating. We'd love to get some of those nice, sweet five-star ratings. And if you want to support the show in other ways, you can get some cool merchandise that we got. Hats, shirts, mugs, all that cool stuff. Andy, where can they find that? Find it over at hooplapodcastnetwork.square.site for all the merch. If you want to support, uh, take a look uh, and let us know what you think. 
Thank you very much for everybody who's bought some lovely merch. Um, and without any further ado, I think we're ready to dive into this episode of Hero Hoopla. We'll be right back after this quick break. The Guardians theme I, is so good. I, yeah, honestly, I couldn't yeah. pull the Guardians theme out, mm. so I just started doing like. <laughs> oh, there you go. I was about to start doing the Law and Order theme because that's what's yeah. <laughs> We'll just transition to a Law and Order <laughs> podcast real quick. <laughs> but it's probably good that you don't remember the Guardians <laughs> theme, so that we don't get copyright infringement yeah. issues with yeah. this episode because oh, we're back and let's dive into this episode of Hero Hoopla. here we go Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy Volume in. 3 the final installment of the Guardians trilogy I absolutely loved this movie my god it was so good this movie was absolutely incredible let's just go around and get some quick immediate reactions Jake what'd you think this movie was absolutely incredible <laughs> That's that's my reaction. Wow! Uh, wow. Uh, Quick, wow. insightful. I, I love it. Uh, yeah. No, uh, I'm not going to be laconic there. I I do want to say that this movie was just all around just a good sound story, which is something I feel like we've been lacking in a lot of these mm -hmm. superhero films as of late. But also so unbelievably entertaining. And and one thing that I absolutely appreciated about this film was the fact that. It was so good at balancing sort of the emotional weights throughout the film in terms of making you laugh, making you cry, finding the comic relief at just the right necessary points, which yeah. I love Drax the Destroyer. Such a great character. Dave Bautista, hats off, hats off to you. Um, but uh, what they were able to do to flesh out Bradley Cooper's character was so just enthralling. I, I loved every second of it. Yeah. What an incredible rocket movie. Just skyrocketing in the box office. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I I agree with Jake's sentiments, and and most importantly, I think I agree with the fact that this movie had the most structure and mm. dare I say believability of the past couple of Marvel entries. It felt like what the Guardians were doing actually mattered. Mm. Uh, it felt like they had a purpose, they knew their purpose, and then they worked towards that purpose. Uh, you know, you get into the, the whole multiverse stuff, and yes, that's going to be important for things to come, but Ant-Man Quantumania had so much fantastical stuff, not even considering the whole science fiction element of it. It just kind of felt like that movie existed so that they could make a movie, but this mm -hmm. movie was made on purpose. Mm -hmm. This movie was The Guardians. This was full character art completion for yeah. many of the characters, if not all of the characters. And it just felt like the Guardians are the Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. Any superhero can can shrink down and go to the quantum realm, and I think we're going to see that in the future. Not to keep using uh, Ant Man as a <laughs> as a base uh, punching uh, bag. Ant Man. Yeah, let's just pretend like that movie doesn't yeah. exist. Can we do that and never talk about Quantum Mania ever again? <laughs> it's it's weird to think that that uh, this movie and Ant Man are in the same. Uh, uh, a kind of um, universe, I guess you could say. Phase. MCU. You could say phase. Uh, uh, well, wait, right. it was an Ant-Man last phase? No, Ant-Man was actually the beginning of phase five. It was the beginning, yeah. It, well, then even so more so. 50 -50 it's 50-50 right now. 50-50. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this it, phase could go either all way. And yay or nay. Yay or nay. We've got the Marvels coming up, so, you know. Uh, uh, yeah, oh. it's going to tip the scales one way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> but yeah, it's 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 just so refreshing to walk out of a movie with a smile on your face and say, "Wow, I can't wait to talk about it." Yeah, um, man, our group text as all all of us watched the movies at different times. The group text was just going crazy with, "Oh my god, that <laughs> movie was left, great!" Someone left. Someone left. The theater so and just was so excited, and that's what yeah. like to that point, Chris. For me, walking out of the theater. Be, it's been a while since I've been in a theater where you vi- like audibly heard the crying that Jake is mentioning. Yes, the, the yeah. clapping. I haven't heard a clap at a, a post credits <laughs> roll in so long. Andy and loves a good public post- clap. I, I'm not Andy talking loves- about like the second post credit scene because that was a that was kind of a, a drag there. But but it, <laughs> it, it just felt fine. like the this this movie captured you from the beginning to the end and at the end you were it was so satisfying to me and people were happy even though it was sad in some ways they ended this series without killing off a character which is so shocking to me but it didn't but we didn't need it because the writing was so good and the the culmination of where the characters that we've grown to love over james gunn's kind of arc here they were complete as Chris mentioned, like Gamora arc is complete. Peter's is probably going to go on, but it's kind of complete. Yeah. At least the first part of his story is complete. He might go on to do more. Yeah. And right. You know, the, the rocket story was incredible. Oh my goodness. Mm. That's well said, Andy. That's very well said, but we do have to play eulogy music for three new characters. Oh my that we're introducing God. This film. Technically two. We knew about Lila. Oh yeah. Yeah. But if you're gonna talk about writing off a character and and making a death, oh man, yeah. they got their money's Lila worth when they had these three characters. And floor, and floor, oh, oh, floor. Yeah. Oh, give me a rocket, Lila, Teefs, and floor shirt today. Yeah. Yes, yes. Put that, yes. Put that on the merch website. Oh, Yo, honestly, <laughs> yeah, that, that's <laughs> honestly. They they set up a great opportunity for the what if show for the four of those characters. Whoa. Like an absolutely oh, great episode. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. What Guardians. if they escaped? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Oh, I would, would love that. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? Mm, yeah. Could be mm. cool. Yeah. But great great characters. Yeah, great characters. This movie did something that the MCU's been struggling with ever since Endgame, where they had to scale everything back away from these universal threats, away from these multiversal threats, and they had to come up with a way to get individual stories back for these smaller groups of characters, whether it's just Spider-Man by himself or the Guardians as their little team or whatever individual movies they've been trying to do since Endgame. They haven't been able to tell a small-scale story until this movie. They did it yeah. perfectly. To have Mm -hmm. an exciting plot that doesn't revolve around the entire multiverse getting Mm -hmm. destroyed. Mm -hmm. Where you don't have to ask the questions of, why is Captain Marvel not here to save the day? Why is Thor not here to save the day? Right. Mm -hmm. Because it's just a plot that deals with the Guardians of the Galaxy doing their thing on their scale. And I absolutely loved it. And personally, it just had Jake's favorite word stakes to it individually for those (laughs) characters to the point where it was gripping. Like, we don't need Avengers level catastrophes every single movie, because if you do that every single movie, then the Avengers level initiatives will never feel grand. 
but this right. felt grand to Rocket, and it felt grand to Peter, and like that got everyone in the audience. Right, yeah. like that that Avengers level threat isn't that value isn't earned, right? That's that's my second favorite word. My third favorite word, gotta love it on this podcast. Absolutely whimsical seeing uh, our four, our, our little critters all interact with one another in this in this movie. But uh, yeah, I mean, again, this movie did a great job of just hitting everything you wanted to see in a Marvel film. Um, yeah, Jamie, I mean, you're 100 percent right in terms of owning its own scale in the MCU. Um, it was refreshing to see that like there didn't need to be an escape card or something to get them out of a situation to explain something like this was their own story yeah and what a great villain too the high evolutionary yes who, the actor's name i am not going to try to pronounce but someone else can maybe go for it chakudi Iuji. Yeah. there we go okay. Chris there it is <laughs> yeah um great villain and great little flashback scenes devastatingly emotional yes devastatingly beautiful and just a a really interesting villain that we got in this episode, this intense God complex of a man trying to recreate a world in the way he thinks is best. Very interesting. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Right. When you talk about scale in, in the cosmic side of the universe, these Avenger level threats, and, and yes, this movie was self-contained, which is great, but it was also nice to just have a purely evil villain. Yeah. Uh, I mean, with, with one goal, one motive, you know, you didn't have to guess at it. I mean, mm-hmm. they told you right from the start, I, he wants to create a perfect society. But and importantly, then course, a villain who thinks he's doing the right thing. Right. Yes, absolutely. Uh, mm. With purpose, with a goal. But mm. obviously that needs to be stopped. Uh, and it doesn't really bring up a lot of moral or ethical questions. I mean, obviously, genetic testing, you should probably steer away from that you know, giving non-sentient beings sentient behavior and controls and then putting them in a, a universe for them to live. Is that ethical? Other Earth. Is that a good thing? Yeah. Uh, it's certainly not a good thing when you completely blow up the planet and start over. Right. Uh, because that's where <laughs> that it turns insane, into non-ethical yeah. behavior. Right. <laughs> but the, you don't the goal, say. the mission... You can talk for, you know, on and off for days about if it's actually a good goal. But uh, in the end, it's good to have a villain that is is clearly deranged, clearly driven to madness by one purpose. Mm. And that impacted the Guardians of the Galaxy. And you don't want to cross the Guardians of the Galaxy. (laughs) And how effectively it was pulled into Rocket's storyline like, often, yeah. you know, like in Guardians 2, you had Ego. Yeah, he's the father of Peter Quill, but that wasn't right. near as effective in terms of the flashback sequences made this movie and, ma- and made him Absolutely. so menacing and the ought you like disliked. You disliked him uh, and you get like, mm-hmm. oh, he's deranged, whatever. But you wanted the Guardians to win so, so bad. Uh, and yes. that made the culmination really, uh, really satisfying. One thing, I mean, I think you guys hit the nail on the head in terms of the actor just absolutely crushing the role. But one thing that did get to me. Chukwudi Uiji. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nailed it. Um, the one thing that I did think was 
perhaps a little overdone. Maybe you guys appreciated it. For me, I felt that there could have been maybe a pause in the anger management issues. But yes, obviously, the guy's going for the deranged actor or, you know, character profile. Mm. But I felt that perhaps it was maybe a little overdone, the screaming, because at first I was like, oh, man, this guy's like so passionate and intense about what he's trying to create and be you know, establish this godlike complex. But he was just constantly yelling at the screen by the end of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> just like every scene he was yelling. Like get... I thought that worked. Yeah. yeah. I did too. Okay. I, and that's fair. I, that's I think, completely but it, fair. But it is different. You don't it is different. I think I agree with Jake. Maybe if there was a little bit of screaming, but if you could lean a little bit more heavily into that cold, calculated, evil mm. scientist aspect, then mm. maybe there'd be a little bit more menace to the character. Because he was also mm-hmm. super emotive too. Like this actor on his face, you just saw like intensity. Mm-hmm. His face or his yeah. face mask. Or his, his fake face. Right. <laughs> that was disgusting, by the way. Oh yeah, they didn't need to do all that. I thought that yeah. was awesome. <laughs> I, I thought it was yeah. great. Honestly, it reminded me. It was me like two, Rocket two just ruined him. Like that kind of yeah. that. That was a plus. Which added to his desire all that much more to get Rocket back, you know, beyond the fact of his, like, mental capabilities that he was so, in, uh, you know, in search of. Right. So, Jamie, before we jump into, like, all the other characters and the plot lines, one thing I did want to call out towards the beginning of the podcast here, this, in contrast, I know I'm going to bring it up, in contrast with Ant-Man and the Wasp, there was a lot of CGI that looked beautiful in this film. Like yes. this was absolutely this was well crafted. The cinematography was well done. James Gunn, you can just his sensibilities work with this mm-hmm. much CGI. Yeah. It's not like Ant Man the Wasp was all you know, ten ten times more CG visual effects. They were comparable, but it just looked better and it looked real. And there was a realism that kind of uh, Chris related to earlier in the show. I thought that was so well done. Yeah, like mm-hmm. Orgo Corp, that yeah. Yeah. flesh-based planet thing. was creepy and gross, but it looked really good the whole time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Andy, I think you're right about this. And in fact, having seen the movie or seen both movies, I know you're right because it did look a lot better. But I think that also is a shout out to not only the you know costume design with bright colors and 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 lively animation as far as the computer graphics are going the soundtrack also helps it get away with this i agree yes Uh, i agree because you know when when you're looking at quantum mania and you just hear this epic stock marvel theme Mm -hmm. while they're flying through uh you know the the quantum realm and all that jazz yeah sure it's cool but the soundtrack just brings so much heart into every other element it seeps into every Mm -hmm. other element of these guardians movies and and here is is a prime example so yes when you're stepping out into orgo corp in those brightly colored suits it's a little out of place for the guardians who are usually wearing you know dark colors and somewhat matching maybe oh. not but then that soundtrack what song is playing as they're stepping out i forget yeah because it fits so well Oh, yeah, shoot, I don't yeah, remember I have the to go specific back. songs. But, well, but you reminded I mean. me. It's like we can remember that even though we don't really remember the track. <laughs> uh, what my, one of my favorite characters throughout this film was actually uh, Mantis, played by uh, Palm Cl- uh, Clementif. Uh, yeah. Absolutely outstanding. I want to say just since the introduction of her character, she has just taken it to a whole other level. I think 
you know, Drax as a character played by Dave Bautista just as as a whole is just so well uh, well done and crafted yeah, in terms of his dry job. humor. In terms, yeah, in terms of his dry humor, but oh man, she's just been such a good addition to the group. Mm-hmm. Um, and she brings like a that, lot of the heart and com- yeah. comic relief as well, like right. really well and, put together. And, yeah, and and I wanted to bring that up because. Chris brought up the spacesuit scene and like when they're discussing about the color coordination for communication oh it was incredible that was incredible (laughs) yeah red is blue and then green green goes to blue blue goes to red red goes to (laughs) yellow it's pretty obvious you're on an open channel (laughs) that was funny and then also like when they're actually flying to get on to uh onto the platform or wherever they stand there she's just uh yeah. she's floating and turning and just like aimlessly and it, it was just funny like there's yeah. so much like there's like the obvious jokes that they make like with the blue green whatever but it's also just visually they just like it's just a funny movie like the mm-hmm. the yeah. characters act comically right yeah they and- don't take themselves too seriously just fun little goofy adventure mm-hmm I think she had more lines in this movie than she's had in the MCU up to this point. Probably Very possible. Feel like she was a huge factor of it. And obviously, I, I, we didn't meet her until later in, in Guardians 2. Uh, so that, that doesn't help my judgment. There. Well, I guess one question <laughs> I would have for you has who has seen the Christmas, the Christmas special? special? Because yeah. the holiday special, she was the main character. And that was great. That was kind of the coming out party for that character. Yeah. Sure. For me, at least. Yeah, I need to go back and watch that because she was like almost the main character of this movie. She was the core of the Guardians. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, like she was the one who was tying it all together. Peter was kind of so intensely focused on saving his best friend or second best friend, as Drax would say. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> Mantis was like calming everyone down, bringing everybody together, almost organizing the crew as they go on these multiple different espionage missions Mm. Uh, it was really great to see her character evolve like that the one very off brand and 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 somewhat dark thing that she does that has still stucks out sticks out to me was when they're talking about how how drax is stupid yeah (laughs) and and simple-minded and then like sure yeah she got rid of it yeah she goes forget the the forget thing yeah what the hell that's so powerful that was brutal move so is that mantis might be one of the most powerful characters in the mcu and we just didn't know it i guess not yeah man but you could even see she didn't feel good about doing that right yeah just it's so emotionally and morally conflicted so and talking about her abilities, the action sequences in this film were spectacular. Oh and my one yes. of my favorite was on in that corporate uh, fleshy planet where she's jumping person to person. You're a cat, you know, <laughs> jumps over and tells blind rage. Uh, yeah, the guy dancing awesome. and then a while shooting in the background is incredible. <laughs> And the Incredible. way that that then played with Drax just annihilating people, like that was just so good. And how and about Nathan Fillion showing yes, up out of nowhere? <laughs> Love a good Nathan Fillion anywhere. We had Peter Quill seducing the. Um, oh, I don't know Ula. what that. Yeah, Ula. <laughs> Peter Quill seduces <laughs> Ula. 
<laughs> classic bringing us back to like Guardians 1 style Peter right. Quill. That was great. Oh, and of course, another character, this is going to a completely different part of the movie, but Cosmo the space dog was yes. incredible oh. in this movie. I in think the, they uh, nailed special as well. that joke throughout the whole movie of Cosmo being called a bad dog in the first part of the movie, keeping that all the way to the end. I'm not really a bad dog, am I? Tell me I'm a good dog. Yeah, and it gets to them playing poker with Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck's yeah. like, just tell him he's a good dog. And then he says, bad dog. That was so funny. Yeah. Just, oh, and that's such a random cut scene, right? Like, I, right. The, there was actually one negative that I heard from some that thought that the Kraglin, like Cosmo storyline, thought it was just kind of too pushed in. I enjoyed it. Like, I, I was yeah, fine with that I thought just it being a side story. Because uh, yeah. they eventually come and you know save by driving nowhere's head against the space. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I mean, I thought that was a funny little piece to it. I don't think it was like shoehorned in necessarily. Agreed. Yeah. Did we know nowhere could drive? I, I had no idea. No. That was the case. Yeah. That was yeah. That ca- completely caught me off guard because it's a celestial's head. Like what? It's right. a, yeah, it's a god's head is yeah. taking yeah. on a pseudo god. Or someone that has a god complex. I thought that was kind of an interesting take. I will tell you uh, one storyline that was for sure shoehorned in, which is going to be my gripe of the movie. What the hell is Adam Warlock doing here? Cut him from the movie altogether, and it's a better film. I think it seemed like they wrote this movie, and then they realized that they had teased Adam Warlock a while ago, and they were like, oh, people are going to be pissed if we don't put him in this movie. I guess let's just kind of throw him in there and see what happens. Yeah. And, yeah. and to that point, I actually really enjoyed the scenes with Will Poulter on screen. Like, he, him casted as Adam Warlock was awesome. And when he first debuted flying in at, you know, ludicrous yeah. speed and then grabs Rocket and by the chest and, you know, we have this whole, you know, the whole beginning to the entire film, uh, I was excited. But... You're right. He, I mean, it did seem like the character should have gotten more. We should have seen more of him on screen. Well, anyone or could less have been sent after Rocket. Could right. have had could have had War Pig coming after Rocket. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. I think it really depends on like <laughs> our expectations of Adam Warlock are super high, but that I think my expectation of what they were going to put on screen with Adam Warlock wasn't the character that they were ever intending it to be. Because when I think of Adam Warlock, I think of a Thanos level uh, hero Threat. fights off. Right. Sometimes yeah. an antihero has an Infinity Stone, is ultra powerful, is like a changer of the MCU. And when they tease it in Guardians Two, I thought that's what it was. Mm. He's more of just a comical character that's like super powerful. I think Will Poulter, how, the character they they're portraying him as, he acted his ass off like it was good oh i agree it it was it was good it was just not the character that i was expecting but i enjoyed it by the end of the film when he puts his hand you know on on the group like he's like oh group hug the the group hug like i thought that was hilarious like it all it worked Mm. together but i think in terms of my expectations of what that character was supposed to be uh, (laughs) it was a little off yeah 
and you know that there was that highlight with uh with him hugging the group and then he also incinerated the guy when they were trying to interrogate him um, <laughs> yeah. so like if yeah. if that's Show the angle they're business yeah so if that's the angle that they're going for fine but i i mean i completely agree andy he should be more of a uh impending threat against any you know mass level uh foe that that the guardians should encounter right then again, so, I guess, do it, we need another one of those, right? It's like, right, there's so, like, right. I think they could have just been like, oh, here's another Captain Marvel power level creature, you know, person that's right. either good or bad or like vision or whatever. But this is a, definitely a different take. And if they want to use him in the Guardians going forward, him being more funny and I mean, he's yeah. likable. Yeah, he's, he's just a super powerful dumbass, you know? Sometimes you just <laughs> need a big old the dummy too, who can too early. kill everybody. <laughs> My first introduction yeah. to the War- Adam Warlock character was, uh, as I'm not a, a big comic book reader, was actually the Guardians of the Galaxy game mm-hmm. that released just a couple of years ago um, for, for the latest types of consoles. Uh, it, it was... A story similar to this one and actually steals a lot of elements uh, as far as, you know, an an impending doom, a a manufactured leader trying to change the civilization. Um, And and I can't recommend the game enough, but you do meet, spoiler alert, Adam Warlock in that game about halfway through. And he's a very very stoic, calculating, and, and, and almost more menacing, to steal a word from earlier conversation. Uh, still an ally to the Guardians uh, after some initial scrapping, but it was weird to see such a a, a foolhardy character kind of be the comic relief in this film on, on the mm-hmm. main MCU stage. So not what I was expecting. Didn't mind it at all. Again, Will Poulter, great. Jake, I think you were highlighting that as well. Yeah. Uh, but it, it was uh, definitely a different take, a departure from the original character. Yeah, I mean, one thing that I would argue it was perhaps ever more surprising was the fact that, you know, he's, rec- like, recognized as this, like, leader, like, natural-born leader of the Sovereign, but immediately drops that or discredits it when he finds this newfound family in the Guardians that he was attacking five minutes ago, yeah. so... I understand well, I mean, the it, but like revolutionary technically killed his mother. So, and he is true. he came out of the cocoon. Right. He's told he came out of the cocoon t- too early, so he's really young. So that right. would I thought that okay. I guess that's fair. I guess that's fair. So yeah. he's like, but the, my my creator killed my mother, and I'm you know I'm done with homeless. him kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, I'll buy it, but. Nonetheless, I still feel like the sovereign should have some tie. It definitely was a B plot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of the of the full storyline, I think that like the sovereign, like the mother and him, it could. Yeah, you're right. It could have been the cool war pig, which, by the way, loved the war pig. Uh, <laughs> war pig was awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes MCU movies will just throw in too many villains without really knowing what to do with it, and they just kind of plop them in the plot. And we just got to deal with it. And that's, you know, whatever. It happens. There's too much going on in this MCU machine that James Gunn can't just have full control over everything and make the movie perfect. Um, This Adam Warlock thing definitely did strike me as something that James Gunn didn't necessarily initiate 
he was maybe compelled to put this character right. in the movie yeah. is the sense that I get just from... I'm on board with that. From how well the rest of the movie was written to how uh, pointless Adam Warlock was. <laughs> 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 I, I think there was a I liked, point. I like the character. I, yeah, yeah. I, me too. Me too. But I'm excited. I, I hope Guardians Four. Has I mean, him and... like the character. Fine. It was. I, but he was pointless. And I mean, there's going to be pointless characters in some. Movies. Not necessarily saying that as a bad thing. I'm just saying objectively, the plot of the movie, Adam Warlock being in it, pointless. And that's <laughs> it. Happens. You're not going to have a perfect script where everything ties together perfectly. You have some ancillary characters that don't need to be there, and that's fine. But let's talk about the best parts. What was your favorite part of this movie, Chris? My favorite part, uh, if you'll allow this answer, I think is actually the character arcs of Nebula and Gamora. I love that. Mm, Um, That was my first initial reaction coming out of the film was that they they were probably... Everyone had a good wrap-up. Everyone had good character arcs. And we're still exploring Star Lords, mm-hmm. by the way. Mm-hmm. If you stayed for the second post-credit scene, Jamie, not a big fan of doing that. I, I hear. did. I finally uh, <laughs> stayed for the post-credit scene. I fell asleep for four hours between the first post-credit scene and the second post-credit scene. But I woke up just in time to see Star Lord eat some cereal, and that he will return is the, the most legendary Star Lord. Uh, but that's not what I want to use my time on here. Nebula <laughs> and Gamora, uh, not only the, the, the actresses that portrayed, a big Karen Gillan fan, have yeah. been ever since the Doctor Who right. days. And I think mm-hmm. the Nebula arc from cold calculated absolute killing machine all the way through these movies to cold calculated absolute killing machine with a little bit of heart is just <laughs> one of the best transformations we've seen in the MCU. And then for Zoe Saldana to come from the other side and have literally two different characters to play, even though the same makeup, everything like that. I I mean, how do you recreate a character that died? I mean, that's an impressive feat. You've got directors and writers moving around the MCU. You've got so many different directions. And then you have to come into this movie and give a satisfying ending to a character that audiences saw die in one of the biggest movie events five years ago. So it it was a tall task, and I think both of them absolutely crushed it in their roles. And for me, it was my favorite part of the film. Mm. I love it. Great uh, story arcs from those two. What was your favorite part, Jakey Baby? I mean, I I would argue just seeing Rockets entire story it's it's hard being immediately drawn in to when he's being experimented on when he's on the table whether they're trying to install some sort of bionic features to rocket um and he's saying like ow it it just like immediately immediately kills you yeah absolutely heart-wrenching and um Especially when he's just a little baby raccoon. It's, you know, it kills you. But I I would say, for me, I think the best scene was when uh, we go up to, you know, we get to the point when raccoons being revived, rockets being revived, and we get the heaven scene. Mm -hmm. uh, In which he meets all three characters again and embraces his his love. And yeah. He says, Can I, I come with you? 
And yeah, and he gets sent back to the Guardians because he has a greater purpose. And that is kind of interesting for me in terms of where Guardians go from here. Like now he's captain, captain of the ship. Yeah. Uh, it, it'll be interesting. I'm, you know. Yeah. The how much more Guardians are we going to get? was a lot better than the second. I'll give you that, yeah. Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still a proponent of waiting, but... <laughs> All right, all right. I'll I'll stick it out for the next Marvel movie. So Jake, I'll sit you, in that theater for five hours. You hit on my what I was, Jamie. When you were going to ask what are you, what's your favorite part of the movie, I had two main scenes, and my favorite scene I think is when when Rocket is on the table there, and Chris Pratt acted the hell out of this scene when he's when when Rocket's dying and he yells no and that was i cried i i do not tear up often in movies and i and like i heard it audibly throughout the 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 theater like that was so like so impactful in the way that he rips off you know some of the some of the things out of rocket and then starts uh doing chest chest compressions like that was so sad and with then gamora there the new Gamora, the Gamora that, you know, he doesn't know and like that has keep keeps pushing away um, saying, no, he's gone. He's gone. And then once you see him, you know, up in heaven and then he stopped and comes back down, you knew that was probably going to happen. But like it was just such a good uh, personal like acting moment, I think, for those characters and those actors. Yeah, it was great. And I loved um, Gamora's. Throughout this movie, she. Like a little bit at a time, she started to understand the love that the Guardians feel for each other. Mm-hmm. And even though she doesn't know these people, she doesn't love these people, she's starting to get drawn into the family relationship that the Guardians have with each other. And you just see her in the background of the group hug and the background of the scene where Peter Quill's crying over Rocket's body. You see her start to understand what it's like to love people like her family like this and, and, then, and then when we get to see her at the very yeah. end go back to she her the family of ravagers then it's beautiful and that was great because like the and you knew like at the peter's kind of like really pushing at it like he's trying to get gamora back but this isn't his gamora and she's at the end when she kind of tells him you know i'm not who you think i am but she has like the smirk like she knows that in a different life she could have loved him, right? Like, and you, like, you can kind of see that that storyline worked really well. I was kind of nervous how they were going to pull her in, if it was going to be one extreme or the other. I think the writing was really good, and she acted. Uh, Zoe Saldana was great, uh, kind of towing a line, almost a middle place of of where her character could go. I think if you're upset about them not ending up together, Star Lord and and Gamora. I think you haven't been paying attention. I agree. That, that was. I don't think that was ever, ever, that wasn't in ever the cards. in the cards. Yeah. Not no. once was that mentioned in the script. I think you know, maybe a little bit of flirting, and there was a little bit of flirting. They have right. that you know barrel roll scene where they end up on top of each other, which is right out of like one of the old scenes too. Like that's exactly. how they would have gotten together mm-hmm. in a different yep. life. Right. That's all we needed. That that was that was enough to realize. Mm-hmm. Okay. There is charm here. Certainly, we can imagine what would have happened had Thanos not been 
a part of this. And so that was enough to see a glimpse of the other side. Uh, but I think it was never, ever, ever an idea for them to end up together. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm very happy that I they agree. ended the way they did. Yeah, it, almost with like an understanding of one another. Like maybe, maybe you know, maybe Zoe Saldana's character doesn't come all the way, to, you know, to meet Peter Quill as to where like his love interest and investment is. But at least she has some comprehension of what that past character was. Right. And, may, and maybe that opens the door for something in the future. I would prefer that it doesn't and it just ends there, but maybe it does. And like, I, I like that being on the table. So that's actually, that's a good question, Jake. Do we see Gamora in the MCU going forward on, from a live action movie? We'll see her in What If, we'll see her in Animated. But is Gamora as a character going to be in a future MCU movie? She doesn't I'm have to be. No, at the moment. I feel like this she is a great ending place for her storyline mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. potentially for some of the others like Drax and Mantis. And like, mm-hmm. I think they'll probably show up at some point. But Gamora, for sure, I think that's ended her arc. She's already mm-hmm. died and came back. Like, I think. Yeah. And she's finally with mm-hmm. her family that that she has an understanding with or with the Ravagers. Uh, perhaps I didn't grasp this prior to the opening of this film but did we see her joining the ravagers prior to this Mm. so this was just like an understanding that she's just a part of that crew yeah i think so or that that cult or whatever you want to call it (laughs) the pirate pirate space pirate (laughs) group with sylvester (laughs) stallone Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> reprising the role—that was funny. Yeah. And if you got nothing else to do and you're just wandering around space, you might as well join Sly join Stallone as a Ravagers. space pirate. A hundred percent. Stakeout. I know that's what I would do. All right. Uh, I have another favorite scene that I wanted to mention, and it's the hit me with it. I, I think this might be a top three action sequence in all of Marvel Cinematic oh, Universe. Wait. Are you going to oh, say the one I'm thinking hallway of? Hallway tunnel hallway scene. Hallway scene. Yeah. Oh, yes. Hallway. That was yeah. incredible. Like, oh, yes. I, I was in awe. I was shocked. And I'm not saying, like, when I say jaw dropped, my mouth was open in awe of that entire scene, especially when you see Rocket running up, like, finally Rocket's with back with them. He's running yeah. up, like, one of Groot's arms does a backflip into Nebula's, yeah. like, entire face gets dismantled. Oh she comes God. back to the <laughs> yeah, gross. Yeah. And then Gamora my... takes out the 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 giant uh, enemy at the end of the hallway. Just, oh, man, and the... 360 degree camera angles all across the hallway. Incredible. Like watching a comic book page pop off the screen. Yes. With all the different camera angles, the shooting around. That's literally what it would have looked like. Him doing a backflip shooting someone. Um, It also felt very John Wickian uh, Mm. to praise the church of the Wick. Uh, (laughs) Those action scenes was very. John Wick, I think it's three, has. Maybe it's two has my favorite kill of all time uh, where John Wick is uh, reloading an old fashioned sawed off shotgun by he's pushing the shotgun into a dude's chest. So he's pushing him up, up against the wall, pops open the chamber, reloads two shells and then shoots it. Absolutely great kill. I think this hallway scene might have one of my new favorite kills 
where Groot stuffs a branch down through a guy yeah. and then grows oh, it inside. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was incredible. Yeah. A little gruesome, but uh, definitely on par with, with Guardians kills before. Oh. Uh, God, the hallway scene was just yeah. so good. I thought it was just fun to be able to watch it, you know, the camera jump from character to character, but they're all, you know, sort of working collaboratively there. But um, right. I think my favorite moment in that was... And I think this is uh, sort of a shot that's well appreciated by all MCU fans is when we first saw the Guardians of the Galaxy with Rocket with the machine gun sitting atop Groot in that prison scene in volume yeah. one yeah. Uh, to yeah. see to see them reconnect and fight like they did in that in that specific shot was awesome. Uh, very nostalgic, worked very effectively. Yeah, nostalgia is a great word. They brought back so many aspects of the first two movies. Mm. bringing it all together for this, for the culmination of the James Gunn story. I think, Chris, you said this. It was a love letter to the Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm -hmm. It so was. And it was just beautiful. Everything they've been working towards for the past, like, decade, I guess. When did the first Guardians movie come out? 14. Yeah, Yeah, so close to a decade of Guardians. I think they did an absolutely beautiful um, job. Come and get your Yeah, at the end. Yes. <laughs> so, oh, we didn't even talk about. Um, go ahead, Andy. I'm sorry. I, I was going to say we didn't. Ta- we didn't talk about Groot when Groot said, "I love you oh. guys." Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. That's a question I have. Okay, so Groot said something that was not "I am Groot." Yes. This yes. came very shortly after um, Gamora was finally able to understand mm-hmm. what Groot said. Yes. Yeah. Were they implying that we, as the audience, now are within Groot's family, and we, and we can, can understand under, we can Groot understand because that uh, is beautiful. absolutely. That is that's how I read beautiful. it. Beautiful. At the time, yes. I was shocked. I was like, "Is he speaking English right now?" And then I no. Then after the movie, then I kind of made that connection. Mm. It works on like six different I love levels that. because it's also James Gunn saying, "I love you guys" to the fans Ooh. before leaving for DC. Wow. It, it's, it's Groot and now understanding. I mean, it's just... And it also makes you think back to the We Are Groot, where that's the first time something was different for us. And what was that? Oh, was he actually that's just saying, gr- We Are Groot? That's a, no, that's a, <laughs> right. that's a great question because that Groot isn't... like That's like the father to this new Groot. So this is a totally different like person. Right. So at that moment, right before he died... We were, you know, as a part. Right. Oh, that's a great. I love this. Yeah. Man, yeah. thanks for bringing that up. I can't believe we almost forgot to talk about that. What a beautiful yeah. moment of the movie. That was very nice. And that's not even what I was going to talk about. We totally missed <laughs> talking about perhaps uh, the most fitting opening track, maybe in an MCU, but maybe in a movie in a long time, Creep from Radiohead at the acoustic yes. at the very mm. beginning. When all the guardians are disheveled and and kind of scrambled, mm. that was a perfect fitting, a great opening. I'm a big proponent of credits before the film. That's one of my favorite things that a movie can do. Mm. And to throw creep on that was just perfect. Talking about Rocket, his his experience, mm. everything like that. And then to bookend it with the exact, roughly the exact same scene yes. with the dog days are over at the yes, end of the movie. That was so good. A wow. beautiful start and finish bookend of this movie Man, just, people are saying like music the, just in the, guardians the, is incredible the joy yeah. that that 
you know, well, when Drax is dancing with everyone in Nowhere, like that's yes. why everyone was yeah, happy that leaving was the theater, even though it was kind of a sad ending. You know, the Guardians are kind of done for this time period. It was so happy. And yeah. like, it just fit like that doesn't fit like the fact that James Gunn in these three movies has been able to pull off this tone and this like these plot lines is incredible. Like this isn't something like this is a feat in my mm-hmm. opinion. Like the first one was obvious a feat, but then you have, you know, the second one, I I'm excited to go back and watch guardians of the galaxy two because I bet it's going to grow on us with seeing this third one. Apparently rocket is definitely in the forefront of that movie as well. Rocket is essentially the guardians. It, it just loved, love, love the culmination of this IP. Here is the question, though. With Guardians going forward, they will no longer be directed by James Gunn. Will that have a significant impact on their presentation on screen? Yeah, certainly. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, it's written, it's written and directed by James Gunn, right? Like, this is, right. you know... This is his baby. So, but then again, like that's not necessarily a bad thing. Other directors, right. other artists, other writers can put their own little flavor on on the Guardians. Mm-hmm. If they, you know, are they going to do another Guardians in Phase Six? I don't know. Um, that'll be an interesting question. I feel yeah. like this movie pushes them, the characters, across a finish line that you just can't come back from. Though, even sure. if you do put a spin on it going forward, Jake, it's a great question because I think. Of course, it's going to make an impact, but I think the characters are so cemented as MCU characters now that it's going to be hard to go a hugely different direction. Sure. Um, outside of the movie context, we've heard that uh, Chris Pratt does want to return, and, and obviously mm-hmm, we got that mm-hmm, message mm-hmm. in the final uh, post credit scene. Did you all I happen think... to read the newspaper in that final credit scene? Something about alien abductions? Oh, yeah. Alien yeah, abductions. Kevin Bacon but, talks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That is pretty funny. Very clever. Shout out to um, the uh, holiday special, like Andy was saying earlier. I'll, I'll quick question, since we're talking about end credits scene, well, well, let's talk about the first, well, let's talk about the second one, we'll go to the first one. Uh, comic book uh, historian uh, up there in my screen, is there anything to Peter's grandpa's son, who gets named, not name dropped, gets like referenced, and then he's like, um, you don't want to even get me started? Is that a character? I have no idea. Yeah, I'm not sure on that one, Chris. The really the only thing that I could pull from, really that end that post credit scene was the fact that they called it the legendary Star Lord, which is his comic book storyline after he leaves the Guardians of the Galaxy and he's on Earth. But that deals mm. with with his father, who was not Ego. So, you know, it's a he's in a different family tree in the MCU than the comics. So I don't know about that specific reference you're talking about, but um, they're at least alluding to. Yeah, he's going to, you know, he's going to have his own stories going forward, maybe for secret wars. I think he needs to be on Uh, Earth to be ready for secret wars. Avengers mm, level movie in 2026. Yeah, I was wondering where he's going to show up. But yeah, secret wars, that makes a lot of sense for him to show up there. Actually, I do. I I don't want to do this right now. But my one gripe is the fact that they were just like, "Oh, now you're gonna enter, like we are gonna go back to your grandfather." Like they didn't really talk about that in Guardians of the Galaxy two, 
And that seemed like a, I, that kind of seemed like a push to get him onto Earth mm-hmm. so he's ready for yeah. another future movie. Rather, it was than, a shoehorn. Why, yeah. What about your, what about your family, the Guardians? Like that's your family now. You don't need to go back to Earth. <laughs> he spends the whole right. movie saying, "My best friend Rocket, I need to save my best friend." And then as soon as Rocket's alive again, he's like, "All right, I'm going to Earth. Yeah, Catch here's you guys." A picture of me. Never <laughs> forty years ago. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that was a little shoehorning. Small thing. thing. That's all right. (laughs) Well, I love this movie. This was fantastic. And as we end every episode of the Hoopla podcast, we got to give it a rating. I'm actually going to go first this week. That's right. I'm taking control. I'm giving this movie a 9 out of 10 stars. I loved it. Best MCU movie we've had in a long time. The heart of the flashbacks. Everything with Rocket and his little buddies incredible and just a great story overall very very enjoyable from start to finish i loved it what did you guys think let's start with jakey baby yeah um i am going to just say the score right off the bat with you there jim i like your 9.0 score out of 10 i'm gonna raise you plus four for a sentimental nostalgia bonus for the guardians out of of ten yeah holy shit wow. no uh, 9.4 9.4 out of 10 uh i guess i can't Hoopla. do math correctly let's move a decimal spot um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah i thought this movie was great on all fronts um again you know we talked about the minor little gripes that we had with it but truly um thank you james gunn for you know showing that there's still hope in the mcu despite everything yeah. that's been occurring um, but you will s- severely be missed in this side of the comic book cinematic world. That's thank that's God we have cents. a whole DCU for I'm us. I'm so yeah. excited. <laughs> D- save DC comics. I will say on like a side tangent though, before I pass it to the next person, that is going to be very interesting seeing a comical, so naturally written comic book, comical director take on a dark dc universe yeah so i we'll see how it goes i but i am i am excited yeah we'll see chris guardians volume three give us a hoopla rating i am going to join you at that nine out of ten i think i don't think it deserves a 10 out of 10 Uh, there were some odd character choices like we talked about with adam warlock um and you guys just kind of brought it to light with you know peter quill's story going back to earth just kind of out of nowhere, it made me think about, you can kind of pick out the two scenes mm. at the first act and the second act. The first one was that Shields scene where he's like, I don't need to go back to Earth. And they're just like putting the shields together so they can get into the Orgo Corp. Uh, and then that second one where Palm, or, uh, Mantis convinces Drax to go up to Star-Lord and, and like say all these things and he's like I don't think you've figured out what a metaphor is uh, so <laughs> that was a great those, those were some interesting character motivations and, and but in the end I think all the characters are at a very very happy conclusion if there was mm-hmm. absolutely no more movies to ever 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 come out I think we would all have to just be happy with where they ended up mm-hmm. uh, I think the 9 out of 10 is is just perfect everything about the movie was uh, quintessentially Marvel in its heyday. Uh, again, yes, thank you, James Gunn, for a, a wonderful send-off to some wonderful characters, as well as to yourself. Uh, good luck in the DCEU. We'll be following along, but uh, 9 out of 10 seems perfect for this. Not perfect, but really, really, really good and overdue, refreshingly overdue. 
Hoopla. Hoopla. And last but not least, Andy. You know, Jamie, I am a sucker for a third movie. I love Return of the King. I love Return of the Jedi. Civil War is the best Captain America movie, and Guardians of the Galaxy 3 was beautiful. Give me a 9.5 out of 10. Oh, I thought this was my favorite movie since Phase 4 began. I think I like it more than Spider-Man No Way Home. I am a big fan of Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Um, and I'm so, so excited for James Gunn in the DCEU. Um, I love that you bring that up because that was actually a discussion I was having amongst friends, uh, here in Japan was the best film since Endgame. Is it No Way Home or Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3? And I think because of the storyline in of itself, if you take nostalgia, yeah, Spider-Man: No Way Home, hundred sure. percent nostalgia film. But yeah, but just story in terms movie. of like an overarching just story, yes, Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy three. And I know you love Spider-Man: No Way Home. So oh, that's I not... I love Spider-Man: No I, Way and Home. We need <laughs> don't get me movie. started on how much I love the Spider-Man: No Way Home. Marvel has been in a a bit of a lull, I think. Like there's yeah. been some properties, some good, some bad, some mediocre, but like. This kind of brought that Marvel excitement that we got mm-hmm. to love in Phase 2 and 3, especially in the lead-up mm-hmm. to Infinity yeah. War. Um, so I, I thought this was a great, great time for this movie to come out, and I hope that they mm-hmm. keep going with the Marvels. And I hope Secret Invasion, which is, plug, we're going to be reviewing each episode of Secret Invasion um, coming out here soon. Uh, I, I hope they build on it. Yeah. And yeah, I think they best, will. Yep. Best Marvel movie since Thor: Love and Thunder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Right, Get Thank off my you. podcast. <laughs> I would say tied with Quantum Mania for my favorite movies of all time. I just wish no, they. I just was wish so the Guardians good. went to the Quantum Verse. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like that would have made it even better. I yeah. did see. I saw a tweet yesterday that was like it was a picture of. Um, the last scene in Eternals, and it was like five major movies, six years, and still nobody's talking about this damn thing out of the ocean. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. oh well, hopefully oh, Marvel really sticks with point. this Guardians Seriously. path. Wait, I thought instead I thought of they... you know the Eternals and the Quantum Mania side of things, and right, I thought they did reference it actually in Wakanda Forever. They probably did, but some people are. There's... I think they did. There's Maybe. there's some uh there there's some rumors here that the the celestial that came out of the earth might have some adamantium right associated. That, ooh, yeah. Maybe we got some uh some Wolverine on the way. I don't know. Yeah. Or maybe he's got some kryptonite in him and we get some James Gunn crossover with DC. <laughs> oh, DC Marvel ooh. crossover. James Gunn talked about it. He said we're about 10 years out. He said that to oh me, my God. and I was like, okay, there's no way that that's possible. <laughs> yeah. So tune into the Hoopla podcast in 10 years for our crossover <laughs> episode. I can't wait to talk about it. Thank you all for tuning in this episode of the Hero Hoopla podcast. We all love this Hoopla. movie. Hoopla. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff, so you can stay up to date with what the Hoopla podcast is getting up to. We've got some fun stuff coming in the near future, so stay up to date, and you'll you know, subscribe to our podcast feed and you'll just get these episodes popping straight into your podcasts. You can listen to them right when they drop. 
Um, and once again, if you could leave us a review, a rating, we would greatly appreciate it. And with that, it is now time for the moment of highest hoopla. The quote of the movie. What do you got for us this week, Andy? As Lila said, they're the hands that make us. And then there are the hands that guide the hands. My beloved raccoon, the story has been yours all along. You just didn't know it. I love you guys. I love you guys. Uh, I love you guys. I am Groot. We are Groot. <laughs> Our Groot, yes. Yes. Family. I was wondering if he was going to say a family line. I was I thought he would. Yeah, I was waiting for it. I was like, please come on, Vin Diesel. Just make it happen. <laughs>